Alright. Well, welcome back to New Shores Reload. We are not in the church. We're not. We're not in we're, Sweeney. We're, we're not in Sweeney. We're in Harris County or Brazoria County. I don't know why I said we're Harris County. We're never in Harris County. We're trying not to be. We try not to be. We're in Dallas at the SBTC Empower Conference, Evangelism Conference. And we are filming in our hotel room. We are. Thus, these beautiful shadows, although we're just, you know, trying to make it work. Um, we didn't want to come back come back Tuesday night, and uh, we don't want to have to crunch and try and do it on Wednesday because... We want this to get out to them on Wednesday. Yes, exactly. And Wednesdays so we are, loaded Wednesdays all are that crunch stuff. days anyways. You were going to bring the shotgun. I was, but, you know, flying with shotgun, apparently that's legal. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. so... So we loaded all this stuff up. Yeah, yeah. Yep, and Just so we're so here. Wouldn't miss a reload. Yep, that's right. Tell us the things what is, we do. You know. <laughs> what is the evangelism conference? Uh, evangelism conference is put on by the uh, Southern Baptist of Texas Convention, uh, just to equip people to evangelize. Really, I mean, yeah. So we come to get ideas. I told my mm-hmm. kids this morning they were asking what it was about. Uh, we come to get ideas on evangelism. Mm-hmm. We come to honestly to get our tanks refilled. Yeah, because we're yeah, always teaching. We're good. always so good we come worship. to get our tanks refilled, mm-hmm. and it's a good day of worship, and or a good couple of days of worship and preaching, mm-hmm. and uh, we gotta actually get this done so we can go get some dinner get and there, yeah. get to back to the conference. Yep. Yeah, but, but yeah, but we're here. Um, so recap of Sunday sermon, BJ. Three sentences or less. <clears throat> Give it to us. Three sentences or less. Paul is amazed that the Galatian church has so quickly abandoned the gospel, and they're believing now a distorted gospel. Mm-hmm. And he basically says, a curse be on you if you preach a distorted gospel. Yep. And you should be a God pleaser, not a man pleaser. Yep. I think that was four. Yeah. Unacceptable. Close enough, though. I'm already in the sixth quarter. Here we Close go, enough. folks. Close enough. We're going to hit another 30-minute this week. <laughs> we'll see. All right. So uh, in that, you talked about uh, if you are a believer, if you're a church member, you need to find a younger believer to invest in, a younger Christian to invest in. So that means like a... Like, what's the age threshold there of of younger? I mean, younger, we've we've baptized 70-year-olds before. So, so you're not saying age-wise, like no, younger no, than no. 20 or no, younger no, no, than no. 30? I mean, that's a good place to start. But, mm-hmm. you know, a uh, younger believer, younger believer is just somebody that's new in Christ that's not been a Christian for very long. And uh, if you've been a Christian for any amount of time, then you need to invest in somebody. Yep. You know, you need, to, you need to... Now, that doesn't mean you sit down and read the Bible with them every day. It could mean that. Could be. Yeah. It could mean that. But it really means you just do life with them and you show them what it looks like to mm-hmm. live the Christian life out and model that before them. Really, that's what discipleship is. Mm-hmm. It's modeling a Christ-like life in front of people. That's really simply what it is. Now, does that involve Bible and talking about the Bible? Yes. Does that involve talking about God? Yes. Is that 100% of all it is? No, or you're going to be a weirdo and nobody's going to follow you. <laughs> um, but yeah, we've got to invest in younger believers. Yeah, because so, they're the ones that are vulnerable. Exactly. I mean, no, we all are to a point. We but all they are, are but they are the ones that are especially vulnerable, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to a distorted gospel. Mm-hmm. Yep. And our our connect groups, just a shameless connect group plug, comb groups, small groups, whatever you want to call it, um, are really geared towards that to just put people together to really disciple each other and do life together. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're not in a small group, you should you should be in a small group because that's where that's where care happens. That's where discipleship happens. That's where evangelism happens. I mean, it is it's the core of who we are. That's mm-hmm. that's where the church really shines, and it's it's a it's a great thing. There's been tough times in in my life that man, if I wasn't in small group, it would have been a whole lot whole lot tougher because didn't have 
you know, those close knit people of the church around me ministering to me in those, in those situations. So, all right. So it's not all about age. It's about spiritual maturity. And so if you are spiritually mature, you need to be helping somebody else come Mm -hmm. along also. Mm -hmm. Um, What about those that are young in their faith? Those that need to be discipled by somebody else. What do they do in this time? So I think, what do they need to be investing in? I think it's important to, to, to point out, to do life with people. It takes time and Mm -hmm. it takes margin in your schedule. Yeah. So what I find for many people today is they don't disciple another person, not because they don't have the desire to. Maybe it's a lack of, they think they have a lack of knowledge, but more often than not, it's a lack of time because it does take time. Mm-hmm. And so I think if they're young in the faith, uh, they need to, first of all, you've got to make sure you've got margin in your schedule to do that. Uh, second of all, I or mean, cut out time to do that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an intentionality thing. You mm-hmm. have to make it a priority, right. just like anything else. But I think you have to, they need to find a place, you know, one of the best ways to get into a discipleship relationship or even to be discipled is not only in small groups, but also in serving in the church. Because mm-hmm. as you get plugged into a ministry, let's talk about youth ministry for a minute. Mm-hmm. When you get plugged into youth ministry, you're going to be hearing preaching every week. You're going to get to know the youth workers. I mean, some of that stuff's just going to naturally happen. You go to youth camp, you're going to see it lived out. I mean, so some of that is, man, if you're young in the faith and you get started by serving, Mm-hmm. And putting yourself around those mature people, yeah, you know, then you can start to mimic. You know, that's what Paul says. Paul says, "Imitate me." Now, that's kind of scary. Yeah, scary for me. Mm-hmm. Like I would never go up to somebody and say, "Hey, imitate me." Yeah, as I imitate, imitate Christ. Imitate me because <laughs> I'm such a good Christ follower. It's not exactly what Paul said. He said it's, it in the right yeah. motive and right spirit. But that's yeah. kind of what it sounds it like. It feels we like that, that sometimes, though, right? It's just like every time I read that, I'm like... But a young believer comes in and they get around mature believers. You know, you show up to church every chance you get. Why? Not because church saves you anymore. Not because church is going to make you mature. But usually church is where the mature Christians hang out. Mm-hmm. Usually. Yeah. So put yourself around mature Christians. Yep. There you go. There you go. All right. So you talked about self-righteousness and Christ-righteousness and how those are... Uh, kind of combat each other our, our own selfishness obviously mm-hmm. wants to rely on our own self-righteousness talk about the pharisee and that uh, type of thing and how we need to rely on christ's righteousness that's where our root is in but what have you seen the people living in that self-righteous model even though they wouldn't even recognize it or say it that way because it's a church culture thing what have you seen in the church culture the effects of that you talked a lot about that on Sunday morning, so yeah. The problem with the problem with self righteousness in church culture is it, it turns into it turns you into an inward church, and the reason it turns you into an inward church is number one, uh, self righteous people always have to one up the other person, mm-hmm. so it becomes a competition within the church. Yeah, but it's a huge turnoff, and I know the effect on the community. I'm just going to go ahead and before you even ask it, mm-hmm. it's a huge turnoff to the community because they see right through that. Yeah. Like they see right through the self-righteousness and they see, and, and actually I think it hurts you in some ways because it magnifies your flaws because people start looking for them. Because you never have flaws and then all of a sudden when you have a flaw, boy, it's a big one and mm-hmm. it's magnified because I'm the perfect mm-hmm. saint over Especially here that pride never does anything that. wrong. You know? So then you're you're going through extra links to make sure this is hidden and suppressed and that's the absolute absolute uh, opposite of what we're supposed to do as Christ followers. We're supposed to confess our sins to one another, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, so you, you've seen those effects on the community. But, but I will say, I will say too, when it talks to ch- church culture, I would say that, that at our church, the one thing that I love is, is that, yes, 
all of us have tendencies towards self-righteousness. Mm-hmm. Like all of us, because we are selfish, mm-hmm. right? Self-righteousness. Um, but what I've seen in our church over the years is we have we have combated that pretty strongly. Not that it's still not there, mm-hmm. and not that it's still not lurking in the in the shadows, waiting to to rear its ugly head. But we've combated that, and what happens is you have people come in. And they feel like this is a place of grace. This is a place where I can be me. And not that we're going to let them stay themselves. We're always wanting Christ to do work in our lives. Mm -hmm. But it is a welcoming, warm environment to know that. Because most people come into the church, especially if they haven't been in church, they know they're sinners. Mm -hmm. Like they know they've screwed up. Like they know that. And the worst thing in the world is for them to come into a group of perfect people. Mm Mm-hmm. Or seemingly perfect yeah. people, yeah, plastic people, mm-hmm. because they're going to mess that church up. Mm-hmm. That's how they feel, and so and they then don't. they won't come. Yeah, but or if you have a warm, about, welcoming man, the, the ceilings are going to come down. On yes, them. when or you have a warm, welcoming that. environment like that, it's just like, wow, these people are just like me. Like mm-hmm. they struggle just like I do. Even the preacher struggles. Yep. You know. Yep. Yep. We were talking about a little bit of that on on Sunday night in our small group, and we were talking that fleshes itself <clears> in another way that people think, okay, well. Because these people over here in this church, man, I can tell they're they're really good. They're good people. I want to I want to be with them because I need to be with good people. I know that, so I'll clean myself up before I go to church because I'm a bad person. And we all know that never works, right? Well, we it, it leads to self righteousness. Yeah, because you're. I mean, that's that's the definition of self righteousness. You mm-hmm. think you can clean yourself up. Yep. And so either you, you don't come, or if you do come, you come with the the plastic, mm-hmm. you know, version. And of that yourself. goes back to repressing and hiding all of our faults and sins. And when we do that. Christ is never able to sanctify us. Mm-hmm. He cannot make us into who we need to be and who he wants us to be until we admit that we're sinners. And that's not just about salvation. You know, when, when it comes to salvation, you have to admit you're a sinner, believe that Christ died for your sins, believe that he came back to life and, and, and confess that. Yeah. That's, that's what salvation is. But in the sanctification process, which is basically him making us more and more like Jesus, we also have to admit that we're sinners and we can't do it on our own. Mm-hmm. Like some of us, I think sometimes we think like, man, I, I really needed Jesus when it comes to that salvation thing. But when it comes to growing in Christ, that's on me. Yeah. Like that's on me and what I can do. And eh, wrong. Right. Like, no. So self-righteousness even, it's not just about salvation. It's about sanctification as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So with all that said, what, what effects on um, people's eternity have you seen? that self-righteousness play a part in? Well, unfortunately, for the self-righteous, you've already mentioned it, the self-righteous think they're good with God because of all the good they've done. It becomes good a distorted gospel kind of thing that we talked about Sunday, the, the works-based gospel. Mm-hmm. And they quickly turn into a works-based, well, I've done this and I've done that. Look at me, God. Look how much I've done for you. And unfortunately, I think many of those people will probably end up in hell because they haven't trusted Jesus completely. Yep. They've trusted themselves and not only that, for the people that are outside the church that see those people, um, th- their eternal destiny is also hanging in the balance, mm-hmm. right? Even now, people in your life, their eternal destiny is hanging in the balance. And how we live before them, self-righteousness, Christ-righteousness, is going to possibly affect how they view Christianity, which will, in effect lead them down one road or the other mm-hmm. when it comes to their eternity. Yeah, It's not all just about coming to church. It's about our daily walk with people around us and how they see us. Yeah. And if they see us being real, hey, they're not so, they're not no, so that, different. 
And they're all they're all a bunch of sinners. You know, we're all terrible. Yeah, and people. that doesn't mean like I, I've heard this before. Like, yeah, I'm just trying to reach people, so I'm going to go to the keg party and get right in there yeah. with them. You know, that that's not exactly what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. But it is when you have flaws, you admit those flaws. Right. You admit that you're a sinner, even after Christ has saved you, because we're not perfect. And so I think that there's a powerful draw to that when we can when we can admit that we're sinners, when we can admit that we still have flaws, when we can admit still we're a work in progress. Uh, you know, we are promised that uh, Christ is going to complete the work He started in us, mm-hmm. but that's a long road. You mm-hmm. know, that ain't a, that ain't a quick uh, fix. So, yep. All right. You also talked a little bit on people pleasing. We're, we're going to start meddling here. We're done preaching. Um, what are some of the pitfalls of that of pleasing man rather than pleasing God? I mean, the the biggest pitfall I can see outside of God doesn't want that. Mm-hmm. That's the obvious one. Yeah, I we're think, created I think, to bring God glory. That's the exact opposite. The the biggest pitfall, the biggest pitfall is you can never do enough to gain man's, uh, the pleasure, the pleasing of man. Mm -hmm. You can never do enough. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't matter how much you do. There can always be more. There's always going to be more. And so you get into this never ending cycle of just trying to please, trying to please, trying to please. And I think, uh, you know, the, the, the other pitfall is, is at the end of the day, who cares? Like I heard it said one time, like, most of us are trying to please people who really don't even care. Yep. Like most of us drive the car we drive, like you and I, we drive the 90 Suburbans, so that everybody, Brotherhood. Yep, so that everybody will look at us and say, man, they have a cool car. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because that's what yeah. everybody does, right? Yes. Yeah, I do. And then like when you have that cool car, when you have that cool car, it hey. costs you more money than you should have spent on a car. Mm-hmm. To please people that don't care, they're not coming up to you in the grocery store parking lot wanting to get to know you, wanting to befriend you because you drive a certain car. Yeah. Now, if you drive a there really, are, there really, are some. When you drive a really, really cool car, yeah, they might come and take a picture with it. Yeah. They might come and say, it. "Oh, that's a cool car," you know. Blah, blah. Yeah. But they don't care about you. They're going to go about their life, mm-hmm. and they're going to forget that they ever met you. Yep. And that's the that's part nowadays they'll come up and be like, "Man, what's your Instagram? Your car's on your Instagram." And you're like, "No, I don't got Instagram." And they're like, "Oh." What's Instagram? All right, see, so I don't know. Here, the kids talk about it. Instagram. I suppose that's the thing. Yeah, Anyways, I got. I, think, I got off Instagram. Yeah, I, I tried Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm actually on. I just never get on. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah. I get on like once every three or four months, and it just doesn't make sense to me. I guess because I'm old. Yeah. But I tried to post two pictures at, at one time, and I was told by my almost as old wife, "You can't do that. Only one picture at a time." And then I tried to post a picture like several hours later. Mm-hmm. No, you can't do that. This is Instagram. If you post a picture later, you have to put like some hashtag latergram or something like that. <laughs> Seriously, I was like, okay, wow. this is too much for me. I'll go back to Facebook with old people. I have an Instagram, but it's only for the tool business. Put tools on there once in a while. Do you? I haven't in a long time, I but I used so. to. I didn't think I so. used to. I liked how you pointed at that there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. DTU. Anyways, another pitfall I see is worry. Right. That's a huge pitfall. Yeah, we can start worrying yeah. about this per- what this person thinks, what this person thinks, and before you know it, I mean, you're worrying about all kinds of different scenarios Here, that 99% of them will never even happen, right? Yeah, so here's the thing that, that I've heard from several leadership gurus, and they talk, they, they say this to leaders, but it really really plays into people-pleasing as well. Mm-hmm. Like they say, if you want to make everyone happy, go sell ice cream. Don't lead. Because yeah. in leadership, you can't make everybody happy. 
Mm-hmm. And I would go a step further and, and make a spiritual aspect. In pleasing God, there is absolutely no way you're going to make everybody happy in your life. There's mm-hmm. there's absolutely no way. And so you've got to, like I said, Sunday morning, you've got to draw that line in the sand. And the line is there. And we've got a choice to make. Are we going to please people or are we going to please God? And ultimately, the sad thing about pleasing people, which most people follow that route, the sad part about it is it's just a huge trap. You never win. Mm-hmm. Like you never win. There's no reward for that. Yep. It's always work. It's always the next step. It's always, well, this person, well, that person, well, this person. Mm-hmm. With God, it's like God lays out what he wants, yeah. lays out what he expects. And the beauty of it is, is when we do please him, it might hack some people off. They might not be happy with us, but guess what? There's a reward at the end. Mm-hmm. So why would we not do it? Yeah. Like, I, it, it, I don't know. It blows my mind. Yep. But we still do it. We you still and do I, it. I. We still do, do it. I, I feel we still do it. Now. Fall back into it. Are we putting a suggestion box out in the lobby for? No. Oh. Nope. We're not. Oh. Okay. I was hoping I had some songs that I wanted you to sing. No. No, that's not gonna happen. I don't even do the songs I want to do. Be that my vision. That's been on my top list for like ever since I started leading worship. Like, yeah, I want to do this song. And we just introduced. Did we do that Sunday? Huh? Yeah, we did do it Sunday. Yeah. We introduced it. What? Three or four week, five weeks ago. Did you do that? And as a how many years? Song? I did do a response song this song? week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I've been leading worship. How many years now? Three, four, three, four. Yeah, something I'm like going that. Going on four. Yeah. Going on four. Anyway, so, so yeah, try and do what the church needs, not what I want. Sometimes well, I get me off. I don't. Well, what, what about what I want? <laughs> we all know I don't care what you want. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all know that I don't care about people pleasing all that much. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know it's a shocker. I know it's a shocker. That's anyway. gotten me in trouble. That's actually got me in trouble. You don't say. Yeah. Trying to wow. trying to please God and do what he wants me to do. Yeah. Um King Saul. Anyways. Well that's that's it for reload. You threw um, that in there, didn't you? I, sure I think did. we got under twenty minutes this time. I think so. I am feeling good about it. Yeah. Maybe we need to we do don't a have hotel a every week. We don't have a timer in that we, Yeah, we don't have a lot of the stuff. But it's time to go get some dinner. It is. It is time. So we're gonna go. Um thank y'all for tuning in again. Uh subscribe. Yeah, subscribe. Hit the bell. Yeah, we, we need, to, all we that, need to do that. All subscribe. That get some we need to get some subscribers. Okay, yeah. Because our our URL link is about this long on Facebook whenever we tag it on there. It is, isn't it? If it could be just that long, that would so be nice. easier. So nice. Easier. So nice. Easier to share with mm-hmm. your friends, too. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Who really want to watch this. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know Absolutely. it yet. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for, for ending today, I think we got to do the Bourbon Brotherhood. We've got to do Fist Bump. Fist Bump. Bourbon Brotherhood. Yeah, boy. Yeah.